praise team a good hand this morning. Hilltop Youth Band. And they stepped up for us when we had to go to two services back when uh, we were able to open up, but we couldn't get everybody into one service. So they stepped up. They're doing a good job, aren't they? And they work hard. Yes, let's give them another hand. They work hard. And I think they're up here. I was up studying in my office uh, last evening. They were in here practicing. I think they come about every Saturday evening, almost every Saturday evening, and they practice. So I see some parents saying, yep, that's right. Well, I'm a parent. I should know that too, shouldn't I? Uh, (laughs) So they're very dedicated. They're working hard. We're proud of that. And a lot of our teenagers, these guys on this stage, are serving in both services. Isn't that cool? I think that is so neat. So thank God for that. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord this morning. Uh, 2021. Anybody glad that 2020 is hindsight? So we're pressing towards the mark, towards the high calling of Christ. and, And we're moving on, right? Moving into the new year. But thank you for being in God's house. The scripture this morning is going to be Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. I want to remind you of a couple of things while you're finding that scripture. Uh, One is at 10 o'clock this morning, I invite everybody to stay. If you would, please stay. I would be so appreciative. Uh, Down in the fellowship hall, uh, we're going to have a seminar. Uh, Pastor Jacob and Miss Brittany are going to lead it, uh, talking about the Daniel fast. And I'm going to preach some, some about that this morning uh, on January the 10th. So starting next Sunday after service, um, we're going to begin a 21 days of prayer and fasting. And starting this year off to hear from the Lord. Um, I want to preach this morning some of the spiritual parts of that. But they're going to share with us some of the practical things uh, that can help in that time of prayer and fasting as well. So that's 10 o'clock this morning down in the fellowship hall. So I hope that you will stay and be part of that. Secondly, uh, our church is part of a ministry um, called Tuesday's Table that is in Standardsville. And uh, what Tuesday's Table does is each Tuesday um, feeds the uh, needy uh, in and around Greene County. Uh, Usually somewhere around 175 meals uh, go out Uh, We have a wonderful time. Our church is in a rotation. Um, And so typically we do, you know, once every two or three months. We do once a quarter at least, sometimes a little more than that. We were asked on this Tuesday, um, because of the pandemic and and different situations with a, a lot of our churches right now, some churches can't still meet even in person. Uh, we were asked, could we take on once a month? And, um, I talked to, Vernell and Miss Charlotte and Pastor Lawson in the back there. And we decided that, yes, we would take on once a month. And so I want to ask for your help this morning. Um, The cost, when you host, when you're the church, uh, you pay for the food. And so our ladies ministry covers that and pays for the food each time. But by, by, you know, essentially tripling the amounts of times we're going to do it this year, I'm going to ask you if you would be willing to help with that project. Uh, it's about $450 each time we uh, were to do it. So that's about $450 a month. And what we decided would be the church would cover one month, the ladies' ministry would cover one month. The church would cover one month. The ladies' ministry would cover one month. And so then we talked about it and we thought, well, let's put it to you guys. And if you all would like to help uh, be a blessing to those in need and 
you can guarantee that uh, Miss Maggie and Miss Charlotte and Miss Vernell and Miss Mary and different ones that help with that provide them with a really good meal. Sometimes I sneak a bite or two, too. Uh, no doubt. <laughs> so if you would like to help with that today and also in the future as we do this throughout 2021, uh, you can get an envelope, a giving envelope, and just uh, put a donation in there and mark it Tuesday's table. And then we'll put whatever you mark for Tuesday's table, we'll put it for Tuesday's table. Um, or if you just have a check and you write it in the memo line, uh, Miss Amy in the back, she'll know, uh, just write Tuesday's table in the memo line and drop it in the offering plates or the giving station. So if you'd like to partner with, with us to help with that, I was thinking it doesn't take a whole lot. If several of us would just give like $10 a month, um, that would go a long ways, wouldn't it? And um, 170, 175 uh, meals on every on Tuesdays, and we would do that once a month. What a blessing to, to the needy. So if you want to be part of that, if you're looking for something to bless somebody in this coming year, then pray about it and give what the Lord puts on your heart. Fair enough? Amen. All right, let's preach this morning. We've been talking about hope for the last two months, and I thought before we go too far, I don't want us to leave that word. I want us to remember not only was there hope as we ended last year, there is hope as we start this new year, amen? There is always hope in Jesus Christ. We can never go too far, we can never run away too far away from God that there is not hope in Jesus Christ. And I wanna preach this morning that hope in Christ can propel us into our true identity and into our true influence. The text this morning is Matthew chapter five, and verse six, this is Jesus in the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, when he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. I ask us this morning as we begin 2021, what are we hungry for? Maybe I should say it this way, this would be a better question, who are we hungry for? Am I hungry, am I thirsty for the things of God, my creator? I wanna remind every one of us this morning as we talk about our identity, we are children of the most high God. I was created by God. Do you believe you were created by God? Now, I turned on a documentary the other night. My wife puts in her, air, what do you call them, AirPods, earbuds, they're not cotton balls, I know that. She claims that she puts them in so that she can listen to her phone and drown out my snoring. Now, I have never heard myself snore. I don't believe her. She's not here. She's working to get the children's stuff ready this morning. So I'm just gonna say she's wrong about that. But she must have been listening enough because we, I had this documentary on and I've gotten into this thing at night. I'll turn YouTube on and find these documentaries. I've been watching things like the history of the world. Well, the other night I was watching this one and it was called the history of the world. And it started out, we were these little things swimming around in the ocean. Now they were talking about us supposedly. We were amphibians. And, and then I blinked an eye and a little bit later, 
I was on the land and I was swinging in trees and they were saying, now, now this, now they never explained to me how I supposedly went from an amphibian to, a, to an ape and then all of a sudden an ape to a human. I, I'm, I'm very perplexed this morning and, and they didn't really, there wasn't a commercial break or anything. Nobody explained to me how that happened. You know why? Because it didn't happen. But I want to remind us this morning, we were created by a creator God. Our society has lost that concept. Our world has lost that concept. Our children have lost that concept. And it's no wonder that young people grow up and become disillusioned and disoriented and misunderstanding because they feel like they're here by chance. But none of us are here by chance. We are all given life by God, our creator. We all have a birth certificate, don't we? I could find my birth certificate and it could show you where I was born. I was born in Princeton, West Virginia. Yes, I was born in West Virginia, but they quickly got me back across the line and I was raised in Virginia. <laughs> but I could show you naturally where I was born. But biblically, I could take you into passages in the Old Testament that would show us where God really originated my birth and the forming of me in the hidden parts, the Bible said. I want to tell everybody who might be watching online, everybody here this morning, you were created by God for a purpose and the breath that is in my lungs this morning, the breath that is in my nostrils this morning is God-given breath and life. And my life will be sustained until God decides that he's gonna take me on to be with him, amen? I have an identity. You have an identity. Now, we live in a world where identities get stolen, I looked up that term fraudulent, or excuse me, I looked up that term identity theft and it meant fraudulent acquisition of personal information. Anybody ever had identity theft? Nobody? Not that important. <laughs> they stole mine, they gave it back, right? But there's identity theft, there's account takeovers, there's credit card uh, takeovers and fraud, there's pin numbers that are stolen for debit cards. There's an improper use of social security numbers, improper use of someone else's driver's license. There are people who even steal the identity of children. Can you imagine stooping as low as to steal the identity of a child? Who would stoop that low? And then I thought, spiritually speaking, the enemy would stoop that low. Satan, the devil, would stoop that low. He, he is the thief who comes to steal and to kill and to destroy, and he plays for keeps. Now, I know I'm supposed to be preaching uplifting this morning because it's the beginning of the year, but we do have to be sober-minded. We do need to realize there is an enemy who is out to steal, kill, and destroy, and he means business. He's not playing around. He wants to destroy us. He wants to destroy our children. He wants to take everything from us. But I want to remind us, if we are in Christ, we need to remind ourselves who we are. If we are in Christ, we need to remind ourselves whose we are. And furthermore, this morning, if we're not in Christ, the Bible said today is the day of salvation. 
The good news, the hope is, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you can come home this morning. You can know him as your personal Lord and Savior and your identity can change and you can become a son or a daughter of the living God. Now we've been talking a little bit about our identity, who we are, who we are in Christ, whose we are in Christ. Let me just say a few things about what we are not. Let me speak a little bit to the society in which we are living right now. What I am not, I am not part, and I hope that you aren't too, and the church of the living God should not be part of this polarized country in which we live. Now, what do you mean, pastor? We're, we're citizens of a country, and it's okay. We're, we are citizens of the United States of America. But lately, our country has been more like the divided states of America, hasn't it? And we've been defining each other based on a Democrat or Republican or conservative or liberal or blue or red or this issue or that issue. But I'm here to tell you this morning, I'm tired of all that. I'm here to tell you this morning, I am not part as a child of God. I am not part of this polarized country. I am part of the kingdom of God. I am called to love my neighbor as myself and to speak the truth in love. And if you believe something different than I believe, if you vote a different way than I vote, guess what? I still love you. Now that doesn't mean that I compromise the truth, right? But I am not part of this polarized country. My allegiance is to the word of the living God that will save me and change me and transform me. Here's something else I'm not part of. I'm not part of this post-Christian society. When President Barack Obama said several years ago now, he made a statement and he said, America is not a Christian nation. Now, he he said that. America is not a Christian nation. And that made a lot of people angry, made a lot of people mad. I hate to inform us this morning, but he is right. America is not a Christian nation. We have strayed from our biblical values. We have strayed from biblical principles. Our society is a post-Christian society. Meaning we have moved away as a society from God and from Christ and from the Bible. And many, if not the majority, do not even understand anymore the gospel message. But I want to say I'm not part of that post-Christian society. I still believe in God, Jehovah. I'm not part of that post-Christian society. I still believe there is one way to God, and that is through Jesus Christ. I'm not part of that post-Christian society. I still believe that the Bible teaches me, trains me, and shows me how to live righteously. Amen? I'm not part of this post-Christian society. Here's one more thing that I'm not part of as we're talking about my identity, who we are and who we're not. We as the church should not be part of this panic-driven world. 
2020 had brought, did bring a shaking of basically every institution, every man-made thing, every world, the economy, education, everything was shaken in 2020, but my hope does not lie in any of those things. My hope is anchored in Jesus Christ, and I am not part of this panic-driven world. I'm not panic-driven as a child of God. You are not panic-driven as a child of God. We are peace-driven. We have that inner peace on the inside that tells us that if the world falls apart around us today, if we have peace with God, everything is gonna be all right. Paul went as far to say, even if this earthly tabernacle were to be dissolved, talking about his literal body, he said, even if this earthly tabernacle is dissolved, I still have a hope eternal in Jesus Christ. Do you know him today? Do you know that hope? Have we anchored our lives in the hope of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Simply put, when I talk about my identity, when I talk about your identity, I just want to say it this way. I'm his and I'm hopeful. I'm his and I'm hopeful. As I go into 2021, I remind myself I belong to him. I am his. As I go into 2021, I remind myself because I am his, I am hopeful. I am filled with hope. Better days are ahead for me because I know Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I am hopeful this morning. So my identity is established. I hope that your identity is established. And this preacher this morning urges you from the word of God, urges you as the Holy Spirit is with us this morning, urges you that if you don't know this hope, come on home. Find your identity in Jesus Christ. So then my identity leads to my influence. My identity leads to my influence. Now that's not a zebra. I looked at that last night when I pulled that slide up and I thought, they're gonna think it's a, a zebra print. What that's supposed to be is, what, what do you, would anybody know what that is? Fingerprint, good, 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 I didn't do too badly. If I had known how to edit my Google Slides a little bit better, I would have taken off the, the sides and made that round. But there's a fingerprint and our fingerprints are all over the place, aren't they? I want God's fingerprints to be all over my life so that when my fingerprints are all over the place, they're coming from God. Does that make sense? Let me say it a different way. My influence, my influence starts with his influence. My influence starts with his influence. I say, God, put your fingerprints upon my mind. Put your fingerprints upon my heart. Put your fingerprints upon my life so that when I'm thinking, I'm influenced by you. When my heart is longing, when my heart is planning, when my heart is searching and seeking, it's influenced by you. 
When I'm living, your, your fingerprints are up on me, and so my life is reflecting the life of Christ. As Christians, aren't we called to be Christ-like? As Christians, aren't we called to, to strive and to try to become more and more like Christ? My influence starts with his influence, his fingerprints, I'm reminded again of our scripture this morning, Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. What are you hungering for? What are you thirsting for? What are you looking for? If we're looking for God, we will always find him. Praise God. Isn't that awesome? If I'm hungering for righteousness, if I really want to make a change in my life, if I really want that, he is there for me. No wonder Christ said right here, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. I say, God, do some things in my life in 2021 Enlighten me, extend me, and expand me, and do it all that I might be filled with your righteousness. There is nothing more fulfilling in our lives than when we know that we are in line with the will of God and we are living in his righteousness. This is God's working. Let me be very clear before we shift gears into some practical things at the last part of the sermon here. Most of this that I've been talking about, God's working. It is the working of God through the Holy Spirit that draws us to himself. I could look at you, you could look at me, and we could all say, I could never measure up, I could never find God, I could never make a change. And you know what? To all of those questions, you and I, if we said, said that, we would be right in ourselves. But it's God's working. It is God's beautiful mercy and grace and truth that draws us to himself. Isn't that a beautiful thought? And then it is the redemptive work of Jesus Christ when we submit ourselves to him, his redemptive work that he accomplished at the cross for you and I changes our hearts and our lives. And, and the theological term there is regeneration. He changes us, saves us, cleanses us from all sin. It is God's working. But we must Accept that. We must come to him. And then after we come to him, living for him becomes an act of our will. An act of our will. So I've preached about the glorious things that God has done and does do and will do for us. But you know, it is a two-sided coin. There's a, a role for us to play in our relationship with God. Amen. Have you ever heard that term willpower? Ever had willpower? 
My lack of willpower usually revolves around, you'll guess it, food, right? (laughs) I know it's down there in the refrigerator. I know I can wait until tomorrow. I can wait, I can wait, I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait. But it's 12.30 at night, boy, but it would taste so, so good, right? Willpower, willpower, an act of our will, an act of our will having a conscious decision. Another way of putting an, uh, living an acting act of our will, a constant mindset. Now this stuff's not easy, is it? Another way of saying it would be real, real simply how I spend my calendar days. How do I spend my days? How do I spend my hours and my minutes? And, and acting by will, having discipline. One of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control and, and discipline. But my will, deciding how I'm going to live. And so that brings me to the last part of the sermon this morning. That takes a practical shift, if I can do that this morning. We are going in to 21 days of prayer and fasting. And that will start next Sunday morning, January the 10th. We will end our 21 days of prayer and fasting on January the 31st. And we'll have a special communion service that morning as part of our service. We'll take communion and participate in the Lord's table to celebrate that 21 days that we've spent in consecration to the Lord. Fasting and praying is definitely an act of the will. Fasting and praying does take discipline, doesn't it? It takes effort on our part. It takes sacrifice. And let's just be honest, it's not easy. Now, the type of fast that we're looking at is called the Daniel fast. And again, if you want some more practical information and and some tips and things, I hope that you'll stay and and go down to the fellowship hall at 10 o'clock and be part of the seminar this morning. But spiritually speaking, the Daniel fast is derived from what Daniel did. You can find information in Daniel chapter one, verse 12. You can find information in Daniel chapter 10, verses two and three. But Daniel basically took a stand and he told them, he said, I'm not going to eat of the king's table. I'm not going to compromise with this food that you have been offering to idols, offering to false gods. I'm not going to partake of those things. I'm taking a stand. I'm not part of this pagan society. I belong to God. And for 21 days, he ate basically nothing but simply put vegetables And water. But during that 21 days, God did marvelous things in his life, and his light shone, and he performed with great excellence. And and you know how Daniel was promoted so many times in his life that God promoted him. So, the type of fasting that we're looking at doing during this 21 days is the Daniel fast. Simply put, vegetables and, and water. Let me say this, if you have a health issue, then I rec- recommend that you talk to your doctor and you be very, have um, caution and wisdom, amen, 
in any type of fasting. Some people have diabetes, etc. And I'm not recommending to you to, to fast. I'm not recommending to you to do anything that would be out of line with your doctor and your physician. Is that fair enough? We're not gonna tempt the Lord. We're not, we're not doing this to tempt the Lord. So if you have health concerns, check with your doctor and make sure what you can do. Also, as part of this 21 days of prayer and fasting, it's not a legalistic thing which means I'm not gonna be coming around with a list to see who's participating and who's not. And you're not gonna be on the naughty list if you don't participate and you're on the nice list if you do. Is that all right? We're not gonna do any of that kind of thing. Also, prayer and fasting is a very personal thing between us and God. So you pray about it this coming week as to what you and God feel comfortable of you doing during those 21 days days of prayer and fasting. Is that fair enough? I'm gonna preach and teach this morning. The seminar is gonna talk about the Daniel fast. But if the Lord leads you in a different way of, of prayer and fasting and seeking him during those 21 days, follow his leading and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Is that fair enough this morning? So during this 21 days of fasting, what I hope will happen in my life, what I hope will happen in your life, as we, as an act of our will, our willpower, we decide that we're gonna limit food and we're gonna limit distractions and I pray that it will force us into a fresh focus on God. I don't know about you, but it excites me. The more I've thought about this, of course, I've been studying this. I guess you're hearing it for the first time, so you, you need to process it, I guess. But for me, it excites me because I think, you know what? As much as I love food, as much as I love to, to eat, you know that more than anybody. But this, when we take away things that we crave, when we take away things and this hunger, these desires will remind us that we're sustained, not really by the food, but we're sustained by God. It causes a fresh focus in our lives. It causes a fresh dependence in our lives. Whereas we think, well, that big steak and those big potatoes, that's what's powering us. But no, that's not what's powering us. It's God Almighty, his breath in our lungs that is powering us. I pray that during this time of fasting, it will force a fresh focus in our lives, a fresh dependence in our lives and a fresh empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our lives. May it serve as a reset, so to speak, as we start this 2021. 2020 was tough, 2020 was chaotic, but we're in 2021 now, it's a new day, a new year. And as we start it with our focus on God. Now as we fast, Fasting and praying go hand in hand. I was gonna say like peanut butter and jelly, but that's a bad example to use when you're talking about fasting. <laughs> but fasting and praying go hand in hand. And what is recommended when you see what Daniel did during his fast is he prayed three times a day. And typically what do we do? We eat three times a day. Or unless you're like me, you have one big long meal the entire day. But he prayed three times a day. 
So during those times when maybe we would be indulging in our big lunch or in our big dinner, and maybe we're just having our vegetables and our water, that's a good time for us to take some time and pray. Is that all right? Is that all right this morning? And, and, and to commune with, with God. So praying and fasting. Why are we praying and fasting? Sometimes we pray and fast because we want God to do a certain thing and praying for a certain need and all that's okay. I really, on my heart, I would like for us as we're praying and fasting these 21 days just to, I'm not saying don't pray for other needs. Absolutely, pray for, pray for people you know, pray for needs, pray for the church, all those things. But on our heart, our main thing on our heart, let's pray and fast just to please the Lord and just to allow him to work in our lives. Is that all right? And allow him to just do some things that maybe he wants to do in our hearts and our lives. So there's three practical things that, that we look at and we're gonna close and pray here this morning as we look at 21 days of fasting starting next Sunday, January 10th. One is practically we change our diet. So vegetables and water, um, again, the seminar at 10 o'clock will help with that. Two, pray. Ideally, pray at least three times a day. And then three, I like this one, perform with excellence. So when we fast, we don't go out into public and look all like that. And someone says, well, what's wrong with you, Greg? I'm fasting. No, we don't do that. The Bible says we pray, we, we wash our face. Basically what he's saying there is we get ready, we look good, and we go out and we perform with excellence. We perform whatever that task is for the day, perform it as unto God with a cheerful attitude and with excellence, depending on the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a beautiful thing, really. And we do it with excellence. Isn't that cool? Also, we don't go around, I'm fasting. Hello, Greg, I'm fasting. It's me, I'm fasting. Jesus talked about giving and fasting and praying, all those disciplines, and they really are to be in secret. And then it says, our Father will reward us openly. And you're saying, well, Pastor Greg, you are talking about it openly this morning. Well, of course I am because I'm teaching and preaching, instructing about it. And, and the only way we can have a corporate fast is for us to do that, right? But let me give us some practical advice, if that's, and I can say this tenderly. What we don't need to be doing, what I don't need to be doing, is when we're walking around here over these 21 days of prayer and fasting, we don't need to be in the hallways, boy, I'll be glad when this fast is over. How's your fast coming? Or, or what are you eating? We, we need to keep it quiet. Is that all right this morning? And I'm saying that in, in, in practicality, spiritually, and in love. You know, we know that we're fasting. I, I will bring it up from the pulpit, but we really don't need to be talking about it. We need to be talking to God. We need to be talking about God. As much as we can keep it secret on the workplace and in the families, there, there's people in our lives that will have to know, right? 
they'll have to realize, well, why aren't you eating dinner tonight? Or why are you eating all vegetables and, and things? But as much as we keep it private, it should be kept private between us and God. And what we do in secret, God rewards us openly. So, so those are some practical things and some spiritual things. And so finally, here's what I wanna close with. As we've talked about our identity and our influence, I want us to determine that we're not gonna give in to the pressures that are around us. I want us to determine that we're not gonna compromise the standards of Christ to live like the world around us. Then I wrote some statements that I want us to to really make and really get it up here and right here. And it's this, I will not surrender my identity. And secondly, I will not surrender my influence. I want us to say those together. I'm gonna say it again and I want you to, to say it with me. I will not surrender my identity. Can we say that together? I will not surrender my identity. Let's say this one, I will not surrender my influence. I will not surrender my influence. Would you bow your heads with me this morning as the praise team comes to sing for us today? I thank God for a new year. I thank God for the hope in Jesus Christ. I want to tell us this morning, as we take steps towards God, he will take steps towards us. The scripture says, draw close to me, draw near to me, draw nigh to me, and I'll draw close to you. So let's pray this morning. Lord, I pray for this awesome group of people this morning. As we have assembled together on this first Sunday of 2021, God, as we assemble here, not knowing what this year is going to be, not knowing what this year is going to bring, but yet I feel in my heart and in my soul an excitement and a hope and an encouragement because I know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God, I know that I have anchored my soul. I have built my life upon the rock of Jesus Christ. And my hope is in him. And if this world around me falls apart, I'm going to stand in the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even if this body itself were to dissolve, if this body itself were to fall apart, I have a hope. I am anchored in you, Jesus Christ. Christ. I thank you, God, for that hope. God, every one of us, before we leave today, let us find that hope. If there are any among us who need renewed hope, I pray for them this morning that they would find that renewed hope that can only come through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Holy Spirit, we honor you we welcome you. We honor your working in this house. And Holy Spirit, as we go into this time of worship and prayer and altar response, we, we ask you to have your divine way in every heart, 
and every life. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here and do what only you can do. Draw men and women, boys and girls, to yourself and to Jesus Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. I want to tell you this morning, as they sing this final song, I think they're going to sing What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Very appropriate song to end with. I want to tell you that this altar is open if you need to come and pray. The altar is open for you today. If you need to come and give your heart and life to Jesus Christ, the altar is open for you this morning to come and accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If you're a backslider and you've wandered away from God and you say, I know I need to come on home, this altar is open for you this morning as they sing. Why don't we stand together and sing with them? The altar is open as we sing this song today. If the Holy Spirit is drawing you for any reason, I welcome you to come and we'll pray with you today.